Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einenkel. Welcome to At The Library, streaming on www.rapstation.com. Justin Buehler, welcome to uh, And You Don't Stop with Chuck D. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so... The first four legends in your book are Muhammad Ali, James Brown, Michael Jackson, and then Cool Herc. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to know why that order. Just because, you know, the, usually the, I guess, the, the, the train of thought or the thinking is Cool Herc, founder of hip-hop, we should, you know, he, we should start with him. So why do we, the other three preceding him? Well, because really, with you know, for example, without James Brown, there is no Cool Herc. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, Herc is isolating the instrumental you know, DJing for the first time, doing the merry-go-round, right back and forth. And what is that instrumental he's isolating? You know, James. probably Funky Drummer or probably one of James Brown's, uh, you know, thousands of other songs. Right. Uh, without James Brown, really, what, what are the B-Boys uh, breaking to, you know, when, when they get that? They're breaking to not only James Brown, but they're also emulating James Brown's footwork. Mm. and his style and his savoir faire because without james brown arguably there's no hip-hop right it doesn't even exist it's not even a con like it's not even a a thought right and in our collective unconscious so we we can't have herc without james you know what I mean? Right, of course. And, and that's how that's how ancestrally powerful James Brown is in the DNA of hip hop. Right, and and he also did. You know, and then later on, when he collaborated with Full Force, he did that album, which I'm slipping right now. But the whole single is all about hip hop sampling him, which is a uh, he's the most sampled artist in the history of hip hop, which is quite yeah, quite incredible. And I have to say, the pieces the piece itself is pretty amazing. Where you just you just highlight james brown in a kind of you know a, a i guess a beige-ish background mm-hmm. but i imagine that that's all you really need when you think about james brown i mean the, well yeah the, i mean you know you i kept it all in sepia which is kind of like reminiscent of his era and his time i mean he was mostly on tv during you know we watched him mostly during the black and white era or america watched him i wasn't alive watching him during black and white i was the color generation but you know that's how most of america really saw him and actually, through the medium of television and and black and white TV. And I want to, as I was uh, flipping through the book and you know reading each uh, each piece you had, the the first the first woman um, you conclude is a uh, Shah Rock. And yep. I actually want to understand like if you could just talk about why you included her. 
Well, first of all, you know, I wanted to give a shout-out to the women because hip-hop was a very male-centric culture, obviously, at first. And, and that's really because, you know, as hip-hop really came from the streets, uh, guys from the Black Spades and a lot of the other gangs, you know, with, with Bambata creating the Mighty Zulu Nation, a lot of those people really became, you know, steeped into the hip-hop lifestyle, whether they were b-boys or MCs or DJs or graffiti writers. So you could see that that's why it would be so male-dominated. Uh, but there was a lot of women, you know, I wanted to give praise to a lot of the women out there who really, you know, put it down. Uh, and Shah Rock was, was the first person who came to my mind. Because remember, this is a uh, not an authoritative list on the 50 greatest legends of hip-hop. This is Boo's list. Right, of course, yeah. Now, some of them you can't argue with, in my opinion, <laughs> like James Brown and Shah Rock, but, you know, she was, she was uh, you know, I spoke to a lot of people. And I remember her uh, back in the days, and she was just fantastic. But there was a lot of girls. You know, there was Pebbly Poo. A lot of people don't know who she is. But there was a lot of girls who put it down. But Shah Rock stayed in my imagination. And then I heard from a lot of people like Grand Wizard Theodore, like, yo, when Shah Rock went out there, she just destroyed men. You know, like DMC talks about Shah Rock endlessly. Like, like he said that she, he looked up to her because she was just a great rapper, a great wow. battle rapper, and a great MC, and had so much confidence. And so he kind of looked at her and was influenced by her. His style was influenced by Shah, by Shah Rock. Hmm. So she was a very influential, not only female, but a very influential MC. So I had to give her shouts. And then I also, of course, gave Lauren Hill, Missy Elliott, uh, Lady Pink, Queen Latifah, um, MC Light. And those are all the those are all the women in my book. And I kind of wanted, I actually kind of wanted to get into that um, because I, I mean, obviously, I mean, not obviously, but the majority of the legends in your book are male. Yes. Um, now, is, is that because I mean, you're, you're a guy, and it's like, well, you know, not many women influence me, or is that more of a commentary on hip hop? I think it's a commentary on hip hop. I mean, you know, I was raised by a single mother, so you know, I was clearly more influenced by women in my life than I was by men. Um, but that being said, hip hop, like I said before, was male dominated. Right. I mean, it was it, it came out of uh, it came out of violence, so it was all about uh, ego and kind of like you know marking your territory and posing and peacocking and pride and uh, you know a lot of the a lot of that and getting girls <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know. So it, 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 it was really, uh, it was really male-centric mm. uh, in the beginning of the culture. You know, you weren't really, girls weren't really as inclined to, like, you know, bomb the two trains by climbing into the yards and dealing with Doberman pincers and transit cops and, you know, all kinds of crazy, violent stuff. That's just not what girls are inclined to do. They're way more uh, intelligent than that. And we're a lot more uh, animalistic, right. <laughs> and that's and but but that was the initial, you know, when you went to a gym, you know, even when I saw the Rocksteady crew on a daily basis in Rocksteady Park, you know, there was Daisy, there was there was girls there in the scene, but there were mostly you know there were mostly guys. Right, and and before I go into I mean more of the pieces, I kind of 
Can I give you give me an art one hundred and one here? Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that you go through, you know, it's like acrylic, and then you go to prism sticks, and then you do a mixed media, and then you do some oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what's how do you choose <laughs> which one to use for you know which portrait or you know painting? Well, most of my paintings are uh, are in acrylic because that's basically the medium of choice that I use. That's what I like. It, it's fast. It dries fast for me. It's it's relatively less toxic. But oil paints I use for people like Guru, uh, Tupac, and Biggie. And basically, because you can't get that richness with uh, and that texture with acrylic, you just can't. Right. And so oil also, you know, it has the legacy of, of the master uh, medium. You know, the, all the masters, from Franz Hals to Caravaggio to Velasquez to Rembrandt painted in oils. And so it was a nod to those who passed. Um, with Guru Biggie and Pac, mm. and a nod to the fact that I wanted to give them that master painting feeling, you know. So that's why I used oils for them. In terms of prisma sticks, a lot of the guys who were drawn in prisma sticks, like uh, which is basically wax crayon, are you know people like Shah Rock and Grandmaster Kaz, uh, people who were really really old school. Who I wanted to kind of. Uh, keep in that feeling of that raw, old-school, uh, gritty flavor, because that's kind of how I remember them. Mm, okay. You see? I remember them as, you know, way back in the days when, when they were uh, holding it down in a very authentic way. Painting can get very, you know, colorful, certainly colorful, and, and also slick. Right. And I have to say, uh, one thing that I actually truly appreciated in your book, um, I have to say, is the uh, the painting of Jay Dilla. Oh, thank um, you. Not because of just, I mean, the, I thought the painting caught him perfectly. Mm. Um, I mean, and obviously, it, uh, today is the anniversary of February 10th of his death, mm. uh, six years ago, and Detroit is honoring him today. Mm. Um, but what you wrote actually really... Like really hit home because because I think a lot of times we do get stuck in that you know as as lovers of hip hop you get stuck in the place where you're supposed to know everyone mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and and as you know I admitted in my book that I didn't even know who Jay Dilla was and yet I was hanging out with him on the trailer on the set of Tainted when I when I did the uh, Slum Village video with right. uh, you know with Slum Village so it, it was a uh, it was crazy. You know, I had been hanging out with him. I had been listening to all of his Farside stuff. I had been a fan. I had been in communication with him, and I didn't really understand the the, the levity of, of his work. I mean, same thing with me. People always go to, I get a lot, Tim, J. Dilla, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I got to check that out. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's like, and then you realize, and then you do the research, and it's like, Tribe, yeah, Slum Village, uh, Farside and you know all these and Common and all these cats and it's just like it's pretty incredible his uh his catalog of music. Yeah, it's crazy. So I mean, would you? I don't want to put you on the spot. Would you say greatest producer of all time? No, I would say Marley Marl is. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Any re- and why is that? Because Marley Marl was such a wave and like as much as I love Dilla and I love his work, I I think that Marley Marl completely and utterly transformed the landscape of of music and producing. In other words, there's no, you know, there's no Timberland without Marley Marl. And I'll go further to say there's no Jay Dilla without Marley Marl. Mm. So Marley Marl was such a gigantic tsunami in the culture. So that's that's what I think. 
Okay. What your uh, what was uh, this whole book? What was the I guess hardest piece emotionally to 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 put together? There was a couple of really tough ones. I mean, Tupac was really hard to catch that, really to catch his essence, um, and to make it very you know spiritual but hard, you know, feminine but masculine. Mm. So there was a you really had to catch something in the eyes, you know, the spirit of him. So you look into the window of his soul through his eyes. That was really uh, important for me. I mean, all of them were were difficult in different ways. You know, Wu Tang was challenging to get likenesses of all of them because there were so many to paint. Right. You know, and I was like, Jesus. I mean, this is like, this goes on forever. Right. To kill a ghost face. Rizza, jizza, kizza, mizza, fizza, lizza, dizza, bizza, kizza, rizza, wizza. It's just like, damn, it just, you know, there's a gajillion. And do do I leave any out? Like, right. you know, I'm doing Tribe. Do I leave Jerobia? Because he was really only on one album. Right, right. You know, I mean, I'm going to do Fife, you know, and obviously, you know, Tip and, you know, uh, Ali Shaheen Muhammad. But do I do Jerobia? Of course, I, I had to do it because, you know, at the end of the day, you got to think of them as a quartet, but... So a lot of thought went into not only, you know, who went in there, but composition and design and color. And, you know, it was pretty, um, it was pretty intense. And it, it kind of serves as a reminder how important all these guys were. And one of the paintings that really stood out was uh, Mr. Wiggles, mm-hmm. which it, it just, well, one, just the, I guess, the, the first drawing, which is pencil-like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and then also then then the uh I guess the final product or the next next painting. Yes. Um it, it it shows you I mean, you, you have him on a uh, you know, um a city block and it kinda shows how huge these guys were. I mean, he his legs like take up the whole block. Um and it really like stood out for me and I actually wanted to know the kind of the inspiration behind that. Well Mr. Wiggles, as I say in, in the book, is the most important icon in the history of hip hop, I mean in my opinion. Uh, he wasn't the most influential. Uh, Africa Bambada was, and, and Africa Bambada as a whole to the culture was. But to me, Wiggles is the greatest icon of hip-hop because he represents all the elements of the culture. He's the best popper. He's one of the best top rockers. He's a dope b-boy. He's a really good MC. He's a good DJ. He could drum. He can guitar. He can produce. He writes graffiti. In fact, he's a really great graffiti writer. So he not only learned all of the facets of of dancing from like what we call electric boogie which was a you know a, a bastardization of of boogaloo from fresno with all the poppers like popping Pete and taco and skeeter rabbit um he really uh mastered the culture and its history and on top of that he's a puerto rican from the south bronx who really grew up with it so it really is part of his uh you know bloodline He's got hip-hop in him. And you have to have that certain uh, ex- first-hand experience that he did in order to really uh, absorb the culture and take it to such a high level. And, you know, he's in his, in his uh, mid-late 40s right now, and he's still, you know, still the, in my opinion, greatest dancer alive. Mm. So... Because of that and his exposure and his understanding, he really is, uh, and his understanding, like I said, not of just one aspect of the culture, but all aspects of the culture. Because of that, he is the greatest icon of hip-hop. He's a powerful, important person. The problem is in our culture that we uh, we don't honor the dancing part. 
as much as we do as you know the the MCs. Right, I mean, and that's actually one of the you know the interesting because I actually grew up I grew up in the time where the MC became I think was you know getting more and more highlighted. I mean, we had MTV and yeah, uh, Box and everything like that. So it's kind of this this whole book experience. This experience has definitely been uh, more of a learning experience for me. Yeah, uh, the video that you're previewing your book is is of your daughter going through the pages. Yes. Um, so I wonder. Uh, what, who do you hope her legends are? Me. <laughs> uh, you know, guys like Chuck D., who wrote my foreword. Yes. Which was great and incredibly articulate. Uh, you know, I, I think that I want her legends to be whoever they are, man. I mean, really, really honestly, there's a, there's a lack of understanding. You know, I speak at universities all the time, and sadly, sad to say, I mention, you know, Public Enemy and Run DMC and you know ll cool j and besides the context of ll cool j being like the host of the grammys or or being an actor people are like oh you know like they had who are they yeah and i mean that's how fast the culture changes people that are in rock and roll they never forget the beatles and the rolling stones though right right but with hip-hop it's so like what's the next what's the next what's the next everybody's on to like rihanna david Guetta, and skrillex you know so that people have already forgotten about really 10 years ago what was going on um so i really hope that she remembers the legends that were impactful to me you know the most potent uh lyrical political band of all time public enemy the most potent trio and the greatest uh group and i'll put them right up there with the rolling stones and the beatles run dmc Hmm. um you know tribe called quest uh, wu-tang those are the people that i really hope beastie boys those are the people that are supremely important in the timeline of not only hip-hop but of culture because they reflect the socio-economical you know political climate uh through their words and through their lyrics justin bua um the legends of hip-hop is the new book thanks so much for joining us on andy don't stop with chuck d thank you don't stop just turn on your mind when you're ready to rock more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.